0: Chef. And I am here to start a pot. So let me go to start a
1: start Dads everywhere a rejoice, <laughs> bust out the new balances, rev up those lawnmowers, because spring is in full effect. And by full effect, I mean the Texas air is full of clouds of deadly allergens, which is probably why <laughs> I sound like a chain smoker right now.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've had four nosebleeds in the past, like, two days. <laughs> So either I'm a giant crackhead or it's springtime. Who's to
1: say? One of those is far more likely than the other. (laughs) For our non-Texan listeners, once a year, Texas just sort of explodes in like noxious clouds of pollen and spores and other like microbial terrors. East Texas. Yeah. And people still choose to live here for some reason. Yeah. Think of the end of
2: how it ends, except instead of like (laughs) dust and debris, it is Baby Tree Seeds. No, that's wrong. I've failed biology. <laughs> Listen, I didn't go to school for freaking
1: environmental science. I went for theater, and I don't need to know that. So for those of you just now tuning in, this is Star the Plot, a podcast cast for movie lovers. I'm Brady King. I'm Derek Fultz. I'm Colton Hart.
0: Hey, and I'm Cameron.
1: And we are a podcast where we watch the first and last scenes of a movie and then just sort of improv what happens in between. This one's a little weird because this is the first episode where we're not all in the same room together.
2: Yeah. Colton is actually dead. (laughs) Like we uh, have a Ouija board right now uh, and we are contacting him through the board. Oh my God, it's moving.
1: (laughs) We have a certified voice actor who's playing Colton. Yeah. Yeah. What's up, guys? (laughs) Uh, Gone, but never forgotten. Object permanence means nothing to me because I've already forgotten Colton exists.
2: (laughs) And we're so cavalier about it that we would like still record a podcast. It's like, yeah, our friend is dead, but we still have content we need to put out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The show must go on.
2: Right, as Queen said. So I don't know about you guys. I am shocked, perplexed. Uh, befuddled that we have now made it to five episodes of this show and um, amassed a group of followers. Yeah, people still want to listen to the show. Like, what? Yeah, I was surprised. Yeah, like, that's wild to me. Um, so I think we need to do what every good podcast and YouTuber do nowadays and uh, give their fans a
0: name. Mm. We need to give our fans a name. All right. Um, Is Little Monsters Taken? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, that's that's what I, that's my vote.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's uh, little monsters for Colton. Uh, I am um, God. The only thing that I can think of that comes to mind is plot thought.
0: <laughs> that's the high tier. What up, plot thoughts? Yeah. Oh man. Raindrop. Plot thought. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I either that or maybe like for like a mid tier we could go with Plotties. Ooh. <laughs> Instagram Plotties. <laughs>
2: Yeah, when we start our Patreon on episode, like, seven, uh, we need to have our different tiers. But on the real, plot holes. Ew.
0: (laughs) Could you imagine, like, a kid walking up to be like, I'm your biggest plot hole. (laughs) Yeah. If you check out
1: our Patreon store, we've actually added uh, Plot Thought Crop Tops to all of our high-tier listeners. So go ahead and uh, get those orders in because we're going to have to play some soon.
2: Yeah, we have plots and crop tops 2K19. Okay, so no on plot holes.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with a no for plot holes. I don't want to run into the awkward situation where I, I meet a fan on the street and they refer to themselves as a plot hole in front of. <laughs>
2: so you would rather hear someone on the street, possibly a 12 year old, call
1: himself a plot thot <laughs> rather than a plot hole. Than a plot hole? Yes, plot hole sounds like a part of the body that shouldn't exist. <laughs> I changed my mind I want plot hole
2: Imagine You're at like Mall of America (laughs) And an 8 year old Comes up and he's like Oh yeah I'm like your biggest Plot thought Tell me what police officer Wouldn't arrest you On the spot
1: (laughs) Okay So uh What what movie are we doing Today Colton
0: Uh We are doing Birdemic Shock and terror (sighs) Um, if you don't know anything about this movie, y'all, uh, this is one of those, like, The Room style movies where it's so bad that it's hysterical and it's good, uh, but this is, I wouldn't even call it a cult classic, though, because it's its really bad. It's, it's utter garbage.
1: Um, so, on this podcast, we are not legally allowed to play movie audio, so what we do is we instead read the movie in screenplay format, Colton Hart will be narrating, uh, and me and Derek are going to be playing a couple... Characters, so I think without any further ado. Let's go ahead and get started on the first scene of Birdemic Colton. Take
0: it away From the inside of a blue Ford Mustang We see a montage of a sunny California town at the wheel rod steers his car past several sleepy downtown shops before parking in front of a small diner Rod heads inside where a smiling waitress greets him in a thick Russian accent. (laughs) Hi. Hi she gestures for him to have a seat at the nearest table. Here is the menu. Thank you. I will be right back with you. She slinks creepily back behind the counter. Rod takes a, l- a long look at the menu, flipping through a couple pages before something catches his attention. A young blonde girl, Natalie, sits across the diner from him as she eats her food. Rod stares at her. Natalie doesn't look up. Rod keeps staring and keeps staring. Finally, Natalie finishes her meal and heads out the door. Rod checks her out as she walks past, then rushes after her. Outside, he taps Natalie on the shoulder. Uh, excuse
1: me, miss? Yeah?
0: Natalie stares at him with all the personality of a stale piece of white bread.
1: <laughs> I I don't mean to bother you. What? I think I know you from somewhere. Really? Yeah, did you, did you go to San Mateo High School?
2: Yeah, how'd you know that?
1: I went there too. So are you from here? Not really.
2: My mother lives up here, but I'm from San Francisco. What about
1: you? San Jose. I remember you now. You're from my English class. I was? Yeah, I I sat two seats behind you. You remember
2: that far? (laughs) Yeah. So what do you do? I'm a fashion model. And a beautiful one, too. (laughs) Thanks. Well, it was nice talking to you, but I should get going. I've got an
0: audition for a modeling job. Good talking to you. Same here. Natalie turns and heads down the sidewalk. Rod stares at her and keeps staring. And keeps staring. Jeez. Rod is a serial
1: killer. <laughs> yeah, so Rod is basically the less charismatic Ted Bundy.
2: <laughs> I feel like he's the more obvious Zodiac killer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he picks something less interesting as his MO. It's not like the Zodiac, it's like the car dealership killer, like the Happy Honda Days killer.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: He sells used cars by day, murders by night. Yeah, the Kia summer sales event murderer.
0: Toyota Truck Month Terror. <laughs> Can anyone tell me when truck month is? Because I feel like it's at all times. (laughs) But I really don't know. Like, This is an honest question. We don't have to put this on the podcast. I legit am curious when it is.
1: No. Truck month is
2: every month if you believe (laughs) her enough.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, the car dealership killer and Ted Cruz actually worked at the same dealership. (laughs) Yeah,
2: Just one actually did something with their life. Okay, Rod is obviously a serial killer. He's not charismatic at all. I think that he's made up this entire story to
1: get to Natalie. Oh, yeah, 100%. Also, I, I think we're ignoring like the more glaringly obvious problem, and that is that this man sat in the booth probably 10 to 15 minutes real time, and no one took his order. Mm. I mean, the waitress did something. She said, I'll be right back. But then never came back. Yeah, because he murdered her off screen. <laughs> yeah, that was in that's in the uh, the outtakes.
2: Yeah, uh, the weird thing about Birdemic is they actually murdered that actress. <laughs> it's it's
1: real hardcore method acting. Or they just found a real serial killer, brought him on set, and were like, "Hey,
0: man, have at it. <laughs> you just do your thing. We'll we'll be back here." Also, um, this movie is called Birdemic, and there's been no mention of birds. Yeah. Right. So
2: I think that the bird is going to come to play like later on in the movie. Like I think the bird in Birdemic
1: is more of like a symbolism thing. Mm-hmm. Like we're all going through our own personal Birdemic. Yeah. Okay. Like everyone's got the avian flu, maybe. <laughs> bird flu.
2: Or maybe Rod is such an extra serial killer that the way he kills people is giving them the avian flu. Ooh. <laughs> you can't trace that. Um, so I don't really know much about the how, what the symbolism is but i think it's going to play a really big part later
0: on in the movie i will say that there is like a hard not maybe not symbolism but like there's a hard message you're supposed to take away from this movie
1: yeah this is a this is for sure a faith based film
0: <laughs> okay I okay. think it was in the
1: subtle way that he had his eyes glued to her butt on the way out.
2: Yeah, I think that that uh, kind of represents temptation mm-hmm. and his sort of like journey into the fallenness of man.
1: The Birdemic, if you will. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and discover where this movie actually goes. Colton, do you want to start the second scene for us? Yes. Yes.
0: <clears throat> On a windy beach, Natalie and two young children play in the sand. Rod strolls up to them, a fishing pole in one hand, a pre-frozen tilapia in the other.
2: (laughs) I caught a fish. Looks good. I caught some seaweed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Natalie holds up a plastic tub of horrific brown sludge. Rod smiles. Good. I'm gonna go up to the van and get the stove so we can cook this. Natalie smiles, clutching her oozing pail of seaweed. Sometime later, Rod and Natalie scoop a steaming seafood mixture onto a small plate and hands them to the children.
2: Yuck! I want a happy meal! Me too! Come on, guys. There's no happy meal time here. Just
0: try the seaweed. It's really good. No! I want a happy meal! Suddenly, a shriek rings out through the sky. Everyone looks up, panicking.
2: Guys, guys, get up. Into the van.
1: Eagles! <laughs> the team, not the not the birds. <laughs> the <football> this family is <laughs> sitting on a beach picnicking, and then all of a sudden the entirety of the Eagles football team comes out in full gear. Eagles! <laughs> Charges after them. I'm so sorry. Keep going.
0: <laughs> the family sprints towards the van. Natalie suddenly has a pistol in her hand. From out of the sky, dozens of entry-level CGI birds descend on the family. They close the doors to the van, just in time. Natalie hands the pistol to Rod, who begins shooting at the incoming birds. He lets out several shots before running out of ammo. Ugh, no more ammo! Rod picks up a crowbar to defend himself and hands Natalie an empty gas can. The MS Paint birds begin (laughs) pecking at the windows. One dive bombs the front window, cracking it. The eagles shriek and flap their wings around the van for another minute or so before turning and flying away. Look, they're leaving. With the coast clear, Rod, Natalie, and the children leave the van and watch the flock of eagles as they disappear into the sky. Roll credits. I think we need to have a heart to heart here. I want a good movie. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> that's something that we can decide at a later date maybe we'll put it up to a poll or something I just want a better movie
0: next time <laughs> well this is a critically acclaimed trash movie yeah and I can't really say that because I voted for this movie <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, okay so here's, here's my theory for how this movie goes so in the first scene Rod says goodbye to Natalie she walks away gets in the car what you don't see is in the driver's side um, her boyfriend who is also an eagle, is like, babe, who was that? Later on, we see Rod, uh, Natalie's friendship and relationship develop. The eagle gets increasingly more jealous and then invites his friends to come beat them up on a beach.
2: Okay, here's some context I need to fill up for this movie. Natalie and Rod have formed a relationship. Rod has essentially brainwashed her. Mm -hmm. That's why she's staying with him and rejecting her former eagle boyfriend right her boyfriend is staging basically like a rescue mission at this point which is why he invites the the philadelphia eagles to come with him rod in order to protect his facade that he has created Mm -hmm. tries to kill them all he's a horrible shot and so they're like we can't stay here anymore we have to leave man just leave her
1: she's gone Well, that makes this this index so heartbreaking. Exactly. Because he leaves his his wife and children or his girlfriend and children in the hands of this (laughs) Walmart brand Ted Bundy. Yeah. Mm. This is all a metaphor for
2: sin. Rod is the devil. Oh, gotcha. She has become disillusioned with sin. That's why she's down with eating rotting seaweed and uh,
0: (laughs) great value brand frozen tilapia. Mm. And I think there's one thing we might be overlooking. Could this not be the Eagles rock band?
2: Okay. Do you think the song playing during the end credits is
1: Hotel California? (laughs) A lot of people think that the song was just about drugs, but really it was about the birdemic shock and terror that Don Henley was going through at the time.
0: Yeah. This movie's actually, you know how The Wizard of Oz, when you play it with Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon album, Mm -hmm. This movie is similar where if you play Hotel California, it lines up perfectly.
2: Oh. So this is only about like a five or six minute movie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay.
1: Yeah, and also if you play Hotel California backwards, it's just an eagle screeching for (laughs) three and a half minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Either that or it's like a satanic message. No, it's not the Beatles. Hotel California is full of a lot of dark energy. Oh, yeah. So –
2: in this horrible, horrible narrative that we have woven. Do you think there's a sequel?
1: There has to be. I mean, there has to be some redeeming factor. Like, I feel like the end was a, a really decent cliffhanger. You know, like mm-hmm. he's now left his his kids at the mercy of the serial killer. He's got to come back. Like, he's got to get the band back together. Don Henley has to get the band back together. Right. So
0: I will tell y'all that there is, in fact, a Birdemic 2 Um, It's called Birdemic 2, The Resurrection.
1: (laughs) No. Okay. Still playing into the faith-based theme. I like it. And the fact that
2: that's like IRL, like not a made-up joke, Uh (laughs) is the most
0: shocking part about this. I've also seen that movie, and it's worse. They basically like, they tried, I think they tried to turn into the skid of Birdemic was a bad movie. So they're just like, oh, let's make another one. And it's just like. Like a Sharknado Yeah, for sure. But it's like, oh, this is somehow worse and not in the good way. Like the novelty of it is gone. This is just bad. Yeah. Gotcha. So
1: really, there's no redeeming factor to this movie. He just abandons his kids on a beach.
0: Yeah, pretty much. That's a Yep. We've all been there.
1: I just can't wait to pick this movie up in a Lifeway Christian store near me.
2: (laughs) I can't wait for my pastor's uh, six-week-long sermon series about this movie.
1: Yeah. There's going to be a VeggieTales miniseries (laughs) spinoff. It's gonna be great.
0: Do y'all want to hear what this movie is actually about? No. All right. Cool. <laughs> no, that's, that's fair. I have a feeling we don't have a choice, but go ahead. All right. So Rod is a software salesman um, in Silicon Valley. He meets up with his old <laughs> classmate. that's
1: well, sorry. What about that first scene? Ever gave me the impression that he works in Silicon Valley?
0: <laughs> he he works with his old classmate Natalie, who's a fashion model. They grow closer. They go on a couple dates. They consummate their relationship in a motel.
1: So not a not a faith-based movie. No, not a...
2: The, the ultimate bardemic premarital sex. <laughs> <laughs> this is like an It Follows situation where it's oh, like... no. <laughs> a message about like STDs or
1: something. It's It Follows, just the avian flu. <laughs> Have sex before marriage and the Philadelphia Eagles will come beat the living snot out of you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So after they wake up, they find that their town is under attack from eagles and vultures. The birds spit acid and explode into flames upon (laughs) striking the ground. I didn't think anything could beat the Transformers.
2: I didn't think anything could beat the Transformers. I'm just as angry as I was during Transformers.
0: So... (laughs) They escape the hotel by joining up with two other people. And mind you, they're leaving this hotel. They are fighting with coat hangers. Y'all should really look it up. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, no. Um, They rescue two young children as they're leaving town, Susan and Tony. Uh, Their parents died, were killed by the birds. Um, This is Bird Box.
1: (laughs) I could see the crossover, though. Like, That's right. It, it all
2: comes back to Bird Box.
1: Uh-huh. These are the birds outside of the aviary. It's a nightmare out there. Absolutely. The only music available is eagle covers. <laughs> <laughs> just, or is there any explanation as to where the birds actually come from? Or are we just under the assumption that like birds have always been able to do this and they just decided today was the day?
0: So basically, the thought is later on they meet a guy. His name is... Tom Hill, and he talks to them about the dangers... uh, He talks to them about the dangers of global warming. (laughs) So this entire thing... Gotcha. This entire thing is like a global warming, like, movie. So if... The Green Deal does not go through acid spitting vultures. That's
2: exactly. This is what Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is trying to warn us about.
1: <laughs> if the ice caps melt, it will release clouds and clouds of exploding vultures into the sky.
0: That's right. And then they pretty much, uh, that's, how, that's where the movie ends. Um, I'm trying to see the cast of this movie. Probably no one you've ever heard of.
1: I guarantee you it's uh, not.
0: There's, there's one girl
2: in this movie. I don't know if she plays Natalie. Her name is Whitney Moore. Yeah, she plays Natalie. I have watched her on YouTube for the past couple of years, and when I found out that she was in Birdemic, I
1: was like, oh, you just needed a paycheck, didn't you?
0: Yeah, no. that's It, it
1: honestly sounds like a YouTube career was the most anyone got out of this movie. <laughs> no,
0: yeah. There's uh, The director's name is James Wynn. Brady, if that means anything to you.
1: I don't – know. none of these names mean anything to me, and I'm pretty sure none of these actors got paid in anything except, like, spit and verbal abuse. (laughs) Uh, What we don't
2: know is James Wynn is actually just a mispronunciation of James Gunn.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is why he was fired from Disney. (laughs) They watched Birdemic, and they were like, James, you got some explaining to
0: do. This movie is bad. Like – There's tons of, like, plot holes and, like, continuity errors in the movie. It's, like— So, as I was transcribing these
1: first and last scenes, what I couldn't get over was how wooden the acting was. I mean, legitimately, it's like some Men in Black-esque alien in people's bodies. Like, no one behaves this way even in front of a camera. It's bizarre. So, I have done
2: the grueling task of pulling up the Rotten Tomatoes score for this movie— it's 19%. Yeah. And that 19% came from uh, the director's mother. <laughs> Let me read you some of the positive reviews first. Yes, please. Wynn's DIY fingerprints are on every frame. Like The Room, it's the antidote to mass culture. A singular auteur with a dream. Howlingly bad films are a dime a dozen. But the evident Ed Wood-like sincerity with which writer-director James Wynn lovingly crafts this compendium of cinematic
1: don'ts gives it a goofy, almost surrealist charm. As in, it's surreal that I'm wasting my time watching <laughs> this movie. I So I, I was looking through IMDb earlier, and this film had, I think, roughly a budget of $30,000, which blows my mind to think that somebody halfway through the production looked around and said, yeah, you know what? I've gotten my $30,000 worth out of this. It was some dying old man who was like (laughs) trying to spend the last
2: remaining amount of his 401k. And he's like, well, I've got nothing to lose.
1: Yeah, this movie was a tax write-off. Like it had to be. (laughs) Either that or some sort of like diamond smuggling operation. Or (laughs) it's a
2: money laundering scheme. Someone just needed to keep up their SAG membership. So, (laughs) So they're just like, I guess I'll make a movie.
0: So, Colton, you've already seen it. Yep. But would you watch this movie again? If a friend wanted to watch it, I'd be like, yeah, let's watch it again. It's, it's a funny movie to make fun of. Uh, by myself, no. Brady? I feel like this is one of those movies that
1: like, I would watch with friends, but also it would be for the purpose of background noise. You know, like we're mm. obviously doing or engaged in some other activity Like literally anything else, clipping each other's toenails, (laughs) reading a novel, like I don't, anything else. Praying. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Asking for forgiveness. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to be
2: the negative Nancy of the group. I don't know if I would watch this movie even with friends. I might give it a try. Uh, hey, Colton, can you uh, remove Derek from the invite list for our Birdemic watch party? <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah I, I got it. I got it. Guys, no, I was going to bring pigs in a blanket. <laughs> I was going to bring birds in a box. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was going to
0: bring three-day-old seaweed. Oh, that's the one. That's what I want.
2: All right. So I think that the well is pretty much dry on this. I think we
1: need to go ahead and hang it up. I don't know that that was a well so much as like a puddle. <laughs> a mile wide and an inch deep. Yeah. So um, let us know if you would have rather watched that plot as opposed to whatever Colton just read. (laughs) But right now we have a new segment that we wanted to introduce. I think our Oscar episode went over really well. We liked the pace of it. Colton, why don't you explain how this works?
0: Yeah, so basically um, we are going to call this segment uh, Shaken, Not Stirred. Basically we have two different pools to choose from, movie titles and movie genres. And I'm going to spin the wheel on both of these and see what we get. Uh, I basically took the top 25 movies that everyone has seen, according to IMDb.
1: This is going to be completely randomized, and we're just going to have to improv what we think this movie is about based on the genre that we get. So if we get Jaws as an anime or The Breakfast Club as a Western, we're just going to have to like run through our ideas as fast as possible.
0: Our first one is Forrest Gump, and our genre is... A sports movie. Well, I think
2: you just take uh, the sports scenes that are already in Forrest Gump. Yeah, and you just
0: play on that a little more. He's a he's an ultimate track star and an ultimate table tennis player. That's right. That's wait yeah. is is Forrest Gump a sports movie? It's a
2: spinoff of his sports career. Right, here's my here's my theory. So it plays out just like normal Forrest Gump does until he reaches that scene where he plays football. But the only difference is he tears his ACL. (laughs) (laughs) He's out for the
1: season. Uh, Of course.
2: Yeah, he can't play football anymore. He discovers
1: table tennis. Oh, that's how he ends up in the hospital, right?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, he's like Lieutenant Diane, and you know, that sort of thing. He then eventually ends up going to the Olympics in a table tennis tournament, sort of like a karate kid thing. Mm. Uh, Lieutenant Dan is his ping pong teacher. Right, I think it ends with him winning.
1: There's multiple sequels. It's a lovely fl- franchise. <laughs> yeah, and it eventually gets turned into a TV series or a Netflix original TV series later on down the line. Right. All right. Well, that's uh, that's our pitch for Forrest Gump as a sports movie. Colton, let's do it again.
0: The Breakfast Club, and our movie genre is <laughs> apocalyptic. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I think that the apocalypse is, like, here almost upon us, um, like that Bruce Willis movie where he has to... Armageddon. Armageddon. Yeah, so Armageddon, and there is a team tasked with stopping Armageddon, and it's filled with the most brilliant scientists, but they're only allowed to meet during breakfast because of all their conflicting (laughs) schedules...
1: Right. They're just so busy throughout the day. The breakfast club is like the one time that they have to sort of like browse Reddit in the morning, get their cappuccinos. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And stop the apocalypse. And stop the apocalypse.
2: All in a days work. What do you think the hours for breakfast are like for the meetings? Do you think it's like normal McDonald's hours? Like it ends at 11? Ooh. Oh, wait. They do breakfast all day.
1: Shoot. Yeah. Who who doesn't do breakfast all day now, though? Stopping the apocalypse is a full-time job. So it's sort of like an around-the-clock
2: thing. Right. Also eating McGriddle is a full-time job. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, you you don't stop. (laughs) The only way to stop the apocalypse is to eat an entire month's worth of McGriddles.
2: (laughs) Oh, I'm down. Where do I sign up? So they're they're a group of scientists. They can only meet together during breakfast, hence the breakfast club. The way that they can stop the apocalypse is they have to eat uh, a year's supply of McGriddles. Mm. Mm -hmm. It turns into like a psychological sort of like they all start turning against each other sort of thing. Right. Mm
0: -hmm. There is no apocalypse.
1: (gasps) Twist. The apocalypse is the one that they have in the bathroom (laughs) after eating all those McGriddles. Or if they make it out alive. The
0: apocalypse is what they turn (laughs) into after eating a year's worth of (laughs) McGriddles. Their
2: their insides are just an apocalypse. (laughs) A barren wasteland of nuclear fallout and genetically modified cheese.
1: (laughs) Oh, yikes.
0: All right, Colton, let's get another one. It's a Wonderful Life <laughs> um, as a parody movie. <laughs> a parody of what? Um,
2: <laughs> well, in the same vein as, like, scary movie or, like, disaster movie. Okay. <gasps> it's a Wonderful Life is a parody of Hallmark Christmas, Christmas.
0: Yes. Okay. And this guy is just having an awful time. He lives in a town called Christmastown, and all the couples are meeting, like, big-time CO- executives and like converting them into the Christmas spirit. But this one girl mm-hmm. cannot, cannot seem to find anyone. Right. And the only way that
2: she's going to be able to change her mind is if our main character takes her back to her hometown where she meets mm-hmm. a hunk that she went to high school with. <laughs> that wasn't a hunk. In she didn't high see school. it then, but now she does. It is a glow up. If we've ever seen one. I mean, they find the most, like, bachelor-esque looking white dude, but he can't see her. <laughs> like You know? Oh, like she's a
1: ghost of Christmas presents sort of thing?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, in It's a Wonderful Life, he basically, like,
0: wishes he was never born. Or she wishes for, like, true Christmas spirit. And this, like, old-looking guy's like, no, 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 no. And then he shows her what her life would look like as a Hallmark movie. If she celebrated
2: Christmas.
1: And
0: she's... <gasps> Horrified.
1: Takes her, like, through a Macy's, like, takes her through a Walmart on Black Ooh. Friday, and she's like, I don't really see what I'm missing.
0: You're not really selling this, man. And he's like, that's the point all along.
2: He takes her through, like, a family dinner where the uncle that no one really talks to inevitably brings up politics. <laughs> uh, you can see the table just sort of visibly change whenever you hear him say, so I was reading on Huffington Post
1: the other day. <laughs> My good friend Alex Jones says the water turns frogs gay. That's
0: right. <laughs> That's right. It's the fluoride in the water.
2: And she is just horrified at what she's seeing. She's like,
1: "No, take me
2: back, take me back!" And so he takes her back. And you know, every time a bell rings, a plain milk toast white girl meets her future husband.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Do we want one more? All right, hit me, Colton.
0: You've got mail. Oh my God. That's a deep cut. As a science fiction movie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Maybe it's just like the life and times of a cosmic FedEx delivery.
0: Or it's like this guy in set in like present day is getting letters from the future from himself.
1: Sort of like that episode of The Office. Like the Jim Dwight prank. Gotcha. Or Memento. <laughs> Where do these AIM messages come from? <laughs> Who's been sending me emails? <laughs> oh.
2: Yeah, there's just one email that says, uh, don't eat the seaweed. And he's like, what? <laughs>
0: what? You like, you could slowly start like integrating in like, yeah, you're wearing this colored shirt. Or like, this is going to happen at work today. And it does. And then it gets more and more serious. Like, don't talk to this person. Or like, don't pick up groceries from here. Like, it starts the apocalypse. And then it ends with
2: our protagonist meeting his future self and the universe explodes. (laughs) It ends with uh, our protagonist meeting his future self and they both get an email from an even more
0: future self. Oh, shoot. And it says, like, don't meet each other. Roll credits. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: It just says, there can only be one, and then a crowbar gets tossed in between (laughs) the roll credits.
2: Or they remember that they are siblings and that their parents are divorced and that they have to get them back
1: together. (laughs) (laughs) And and both of the brothers are actually Lindsay Lohan. (laughs) Yes, they're both Lindsay Lohan. This is the parent trap.
2: All right, y'all. That was uh, Shaken, Not Stirred. I think that that went well. I think
1: it went really well. Yeah, I thought that was a lot of fun. Let us know if you uh, if you think our genre mashups were accurate and if you'd actually like to see those movies.
2: Or if you have any movies that you would like to see us shake up, uh, send it to our email, stirtheplot at gmail.com. Send it to us on Facebook. Anything like that. Just get a hold of us. Please talk to us. We're so lonely. <laughs> it's, it's lonely in heaven.
1: The, the top of the podcasting charts.
2: <laughs> Ugh, I wish. So... We asked a couple days ago for you guys to, uh, if you wanted a shout out, to send us an email or anything like that. The subject of this email is literally just ya So it says, from Oliver Davis, hi, you guys are funny. I love you. Oh, thanks, Oliver. Do we know that guy? No, uh, I have no idea. <laughs> Never heard from him before. No. People. Yeah, I have a weird thing about saying I love you to strangers, but I mean, I guess I can make an <laughs> exception for this one.
1: We do appreciate your patronage, <laughs> but you have been blocked and reported. Yeah, you're not a plot thought anymore. You're plot block. <laughs> <laughs> You've moved down a tier. You've moved from uh, plot thought to plotty. Sorry, bud. <laughs> plot, plot to plotty. Uh, there's also one, uh,
2: one other shout out that I want to give, and hopefully they've made it this far into the podcast. I hope they have. There is a, a mutual friend of all of ours. This friend of ours, her name is Mrs. Han, and she teaches pre-AP English. And I got a message from her the other day saying that she uses our podcast to teach plot structure and inferencing to her pre-AP English
1: class, which is absolutely buck wild. Yeah, <laughs> It's a little surreal that we're being used in the American education system. I think we've made it. <laughs>
2: yeah, we are essentially
1: a part of curriculum at this
2: point, which is I don't, I'm training to be a teacher right now. I don't think the TEA would approve of this at all. <laughs>
1: A big shout out to Mrs. Hans' class. Hope you guys are doing well. Just staying on that pre-AP. Yeah, please stay in school. We need people out
2: there that are listening to these big, dumb, stupid podcasts that are going to do amazing things. But if you keep listening to our big, dumb, stupid podcasts, you're going to do fine. Stay in school, eat your vitamins, and keep listening to Stir the Plot. <laughs> <laughs> Tell your friends. So I'm a substitute teacher at a high school right now, and I am now facing the dilemma of high school students finding my social media, they have now found this podcast. Oh, no. So I would also like to give a shout-out to them if they are listening. Hi, this is Mr. Fultz. Now you know how big of a doofus I am in real life.
1: And don't talk back to me in class.
2: Oh, please don't. That's the worst thing in the world. I would like for this podcast to be spread around in other schools that I don't have, like, (laughs) my hands dipped into right now.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. I'll I'll tell my kids...
1: So, now we just want to talk about a few things that's been on our radar recently, things we've been watching, things that we really want to see. Colton, is there anything that you've uh, it's been on your pop culture radar lately?
0: Yeah, I just watched uh, Alita Battle Angel. Brady, I know you also saw it, but mm-hmm. I thought it was really good. Uh, there were some parts that were not great, but um, I know I told you this, Brady. Anytime the boyfriend was on the scene, I wasn't a big fan of his acting. Yeah. it It really made her human. Like, her awkwardness was weird and interesting, and I, I didn't think I was going to like it, but I really did. Um, so I would really recommend, if you like that kind of stuff, going and seeing Alina Battle Angel.
1: Yeah, to its credit, uh, they definitely escaped the uncanny valley as far as the CGI goes. Um, but I couldn't really get over how centrally she was looking at everything with her giant anime eyes.
0: <laughs> it was, yeah, anime, the movie. yeah.
1: Um, so that was a little weird, but um, I actually just went to watch How to Train Your Dragon 3. Um, oh. I've been a longtime fan of the series. What a finale. Let me just tell you guys, like, Good. man, uh, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic.
0: I was worried because with How to Train Your Dragon 2, it was like, oh, please don't be bad. And yeah. then it wasn't. And then How to Train Your Dragon 3, it was like, oh, please don't be bad. No, it wasn't. As someone
2: who uh, read a lot of the books that those movies are based on, I found it like really incredible how they were able to take a kind of like stupid book series and turn it into like a a moving piece of art. I'm just going to call it what it is. It's like, it's amazing. One and two uh, are so good. I was very happy with how the series wrapped up for sure. Derek, how about you? Uh, I just want to briefly say I haven't really been watching a lot of like new stuff. Uh, one thing that has recently popped up on my radar is a show. On, it's not a Netflix original, but it's on Netflix uh, called Shit's Creek. And that is spelled S-C-H-I-T-T-S, mom. It, uh, my mom is the one that put me onto the show, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> it reminds me a lot of Arrested Development in the Ooh. sense of just like the writing is so sharp. And it's just so uh, witty and funny and just stupid. It's got Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara. It's just so good. Uh, I recommend that to anyone who needs a really like good, funny show to watch. Uh, and I also think that the newest season of Arrested Development is almost out. So go ahead and watch that. Uh, that's all I have to say about that.
1: So as always, guys, it's been great having you all on board. Thank you so much for the love on our previous episodes. As always, you can find us... On iTunes and Spotify, we also sort of made it onto a couple more channels this week: um, Google Play, Broadcaster, a few others. We've we've expanded our empire to pretty much anywhere podcasts are
2: sold. I think the only place that we, I think the only uh, land that we haven't conquered is
1: SoundCloud, which is where we're reserving room for our our Star of the Plot mixtape that's coming out soon. <laughs> mm,
2: mm. Uh, yeah, I go by the name Little Tylenol PM on there. <laughs> <laughs> Be on the lookout for that.
1: <laughs> all right, guys. Well, uh, feel free to reach out on our social media. Um, we check our Instagram pretty often, our Twitter, using the hashtag Stir the Plot. And if you have any questions, comments, email us at StirThePlot at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter and Instagram
2: at Derek Foltz <laughs> and see my kind of sort of viral tweet about the Oscars. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say.
0: Uh, leave us a five star rating on iTunes. That'd be greatly appreciated, um, and help. That's probably what helps us out the most in terms of uh, our podcast coming up. So yeah,
1: it's been a lot of fun. Thank you guys so much. We love y'all. This has been Stir the Plot. I'm Brady King. I'm Derek Foltz. I'm Colton Hart. And I'm Cameron. And if you see Sandra Bullock, hug her. She needs it.
0: Stir the butt. She the